Economic news on SAFM. Facts and figures you can count on. And we join on the line now by Narina Fisser, who's a strategist and advisor at ETFSA. So it looks as though we're off to a bumpy start. Uh, North Korea testing nuclear warheads, the domestic political landscape turning nasty. We've got a big petrol price looming on Wednesday, that increase. Uh, let's start with the global picture, though. What are the implications of this escalating tension between the United States and North Korea? It's definitely concerning. I mean, um, certainly, I guess the worst outlook would be a war of some sort, and and certainly not a place that anybody wants to go, although um, the talk is getting more um, uh, harsh, it's getting more militaristic. We already heard President Trump, um, after the previous um, uh, missile test that they did, talk about, you know, um, responding with fire and fury and really sort of using very, very strong words. Um, What we've seen after this latest round is, is, is an increased effort by um, the United Nations in terms of addressing this. Um, I think what we need to, to appreciate is that no unilateral um, sort of discussions between the U.S. and North Korea on its own will be sufficient. There has got to be a multilateral and, and certainly a global response in terms of all of this. Um, you know, and, and really the, 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 the threat needs to be taken with the necessary seriousness. I think from an economic perspective, um, we've seen President Trump respond with a threat to cancel trade with any country trading with North Korea. But I I don't think he's quite checked these numbers because um, 90% of the trade with North Korea actually comes from China. Um, and if, if the U.S. was to cancel or um, sanction China for its trade with North Korea, it's going to kill the U.S. economy. So, you know, he says we, we know that he's known to make the fairly um, sort of wild statements without really appreciating that, uh, that potentially implementing that is not, not a practical solution. Um, so on the go also at the moment is the next break summit and China is hosting that and certainly there will be a lot of focus at the summit on, on what is happening um, in North Korea and also what it means for um, China and of course South Korea and countries closer to that. Now before all of this happened over the weekend um, the, the, the US market was actually quite strong on Friday. This was as a result of a relatively weak jobs report that came out and stronger consumer confidence as well. Um, they added fewer jobs except for manufacturing, so the chances of the next rate hike has been pushed out a bit, and that, and that certainly pushed markets higher. This morning, we've got the gold price up quite strongly, um, and the dollar is also weaker, so the, that means the rand relative to the dollar is stronger, so it does cancel that, that higher gold price in dollar terms out to some extent. Um, and equity markets so far mix the Japanese market down somewhat, but the Chinese market it's up. So we'll have to see today and, and over the coming days the, the, the sort of the immediate impact that all of this has on, on markets, but certainly um, from a political perspective, something which is, which is quite concerning. Indeed. And then uh, just coming back home, and I guess it was always expected that politics will increasingly dominate the headlines as we move closer to the ANC's elective conference in December, Narina. Uh, But that court ruling in Kenya on Friday, um, voiding the outcome of their recent presidential election, and of course the subsequent impact on the market just shows the potential of politics to drive economics and financial markets. Should we be concerned about a similar situation arising here at home? 
So, so I think if anything, we should actually be encouraged by what happened in, in Kenya. Um, this is the first time in Africa that a legal challenge has actually been brought by an opposition party against the presidential poll result um, that has been successful. And I think the fact that not only they were able to, to bring this court challenge, that it was ruled in favor without mentioning that uh, or putting blame in front of President Kenyatta's um, uh, allies, this was more a case of um, there was there was something untoward happening, some irregularity, and therefore the whole process declared null and void, and they now have 60 days in which to conduct a new poll. And I think this is actually a, a win, a great win for the judicial process, and I think something that we as, as, as Africans in support of democracy should really celebrate. The immediate impact that we saw in the market on, on Friday in Kenya was a very sharp drop in the, in the equity market, the currency also weakening further. And I guess that is to be expected because it really just talks to, to uncertainty and, and markets, as we know, certainly does not like uncertainty. But I think it is an important um, event that took place in Africa, and I think for, for us here in South Africa, important to see um, that something like this can happen and maybe just uh, make us appreciate that the importance of an independent judiciary and I guess for those in, in politics um, heading towards December, maybe taking a hard look at that and realizing that um, <clears throat> it would be better for us if all of this happened above board rather than through dirty smear campaigns in the, in the media. Um, but I, I suspect that the reality will be that between now and December we will just see an escalation of the sort of dirty tricks that uh, that was unveiled over the, um, unveiled over the weekend, um, and unfortunately, I think more of that to come, which uh, in our case would not be good for our market because, as I say, markets don't like this sort of uncertainty. Absolutely, and of course, just as we thought, the tide were turned for the consumer under pressure. We now get that news of a big increase in the fuel price this week. Narina, is this part, um, in part at least, as a result of Hurricane Harvey? Well, not directly. You know, um, I think the reason for the latest increase comes from um, economic events earlier in the month, so more to do with the fact that the RAND on average has depreciated against the U.S. dollar during this period under review. There has been some increase in the crude oil prices, but uh, but these latest sort of um, increases due to the massive floods there in the, in the Gulf Coast um, really has not impacted it all that much just yet. So, if anything, you know, unless we actually get a, a bit of a softening of the of the oil price um, after the current flood subside, we might be in for another increase in, in the fuel price. I do think what we also um, uh, have this time around is that part of the increase that we see in the fuel price is because of increases in salaries of pump attendants, um, something which I, I think we can, we can appreciate. But I think one of the additional negative impact of this one is that it certainly looks as though taxi fare increases will also be on the cards. You know, we know that taxi fares don't always increase or decline exactly in line with petrol price increases on a month-on-month basis. Um, so these only come around once in a while and it, it seems as though this time around it will affect it again. So, so yes, unfortunately, probably a, a more broad-based impact of this latest fuel price increase. So for those of us driving our own cars, make sure that we fill up before tomorrow night at midnight, and, and I guess for those who are reliant on public transport, um, just to be aware that a bigger chunk of your, consu- uh, your consumption spending will be going into transport costs, unfortunately. 
Well, Narina, yeah, we'll uh, try and heed that advice and uh, we'll speak to you again tomorrow morning. Thank you so much. Uh, Narina Fisser, strategist and advisor at ETFSA.